0: So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hey listeners, I want to tell you about a new partner, Arostia, Arostia. A new coffee roaster based in Queens. This company was created by and is run by a huge fish fan, Andy Hollander, who hasn't caught a hold your head up since twelve fifteen ninety five, but is definitely not bitter about it. I've had this coffee and it's really great. Andy started roasting coffee during the pandemic, taught himself, and then that turned into this label, Arostia, which launched late last year. I had a bag of the Ethiopian coffee and it was gone really quickly because I liked it so much and I drank a lot of it and I need more. The beans were grown at an altitude of 2,100 meters above sea level, which contributes to a dense bean that continues to develop its flavors after the roasting process is done. The tasting notes include apple, raisin, and caramel. And there are more coffees coming very soon. So support this fan-owned business and try the coffee today. And for Osiris listeners, there's a 10% discount code on the site. Use the code OSIRIS at checkout for 10% off your order. And stay tuned for the launch of a coffee subscription. You can order and sign up for the mailing list at arostia.com. That's A-R-O-A-S-T-I-A.com. And you can find Arostia on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks, Arostia. Hey, listeners. I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out MagicalMysteryCamp.com slash HelpingFriendly to learn more.
1: I'm gonna just to to make a dollar. Every time I baby, trying to
0: get a My says, Hey everybody. It's the Helping Friendly Podcast. This is RJ. Um, we are here with our friend Diana. Hi, Diana. Hi, RJ. <laughs> Welcome. We're gonna talk about Sunday night dicks and then sort of the whole weekend. But I did want to say um, if people want to hear about the second night of Dick's or um, check out the conversation that Tom and I had about his experience at Dick's, where we talk a little bit about um, some songs and some other cool stuff, Um, check out the link in the show notes. I'm going to link to the the video that we did. But um, Diana, I'm interested to get your take. Um, I know that per your Twitter um, comments, you do not like podcasts. So thank you for coming on to our podcast, (laughs) even though you will not listen to it.
1: (laughs) they're just not my thing <laughs> I, so, gl- I so glad you're on I everyone who does them I just don't, maybe I don't have the attention span for them uh, I, There's, you know, since I joined this whole fish scene uh, late to the game in 2010, I have so many fish shows to catch up on that all of you old folks have seen, so really that's what I spend my time doing, I don't have time to listen to people talk about them I have to hear them first, you know
0: I understand. Um, well, I appreciate you, you talking <laughs> with us. So, yeah, let's talk about the the like the post curveball thing in terms of the um, expectations and the anticipation and all that. It seemed like that was pretty prominent going into the um, going into the weekend, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I, for one, uh, was trying not to have any expectations and trying not to my hopes up. Um, because, you know, expectations can kind of just lead to resentment if they don't do what you wanted them to do or what you thought they were going to do. Um, and, you know, uh, additionally, uh, a thing that a lot of people maybe haven't really been thinking of and considering is that, like, they were probably in a pretty bad place after curveball got canceled as well. They weren't the ones who made the decision. Um, so, you know, kind of taking it easy on them and, Letting them do what they they do, show up to Dixon and, and play three shows for us, um, really was all all that they they owed people, and that's exactly what they did. Um, for me, I I thought that they might address it, um, and was a little surprised that they didn't say anything. I feel like at the end of the Dix run, um, on a couple of occasions, Trey has you know said at least you know thank you for. A great summer. I mm-hmm. think the crew and all that. So I was a little surprised at the end of Sunday night when he didn't say anything. Um it's possible he, he just couldn't. Um I know if I was them I I might get pretty emotional uh trying to discuss it. Um after a year plus of planning went down the tubes in an instant. Um so maybe he, he just couldn't. It did seem after he said thank you so much that, that something else was coming, but maybe he just couldn't couldn't get it out.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was wondering that too. Um or I it would have been much more uh, abnormal to do it like at the beginning of the show on Friday, but I was almost thinking that like right. you know, that that's what I was thinking like I wonder if they like come out and say like hey, we're just we're glad to be back playing again. You know what I mean or whatever. But yeah, that's, you know, right. not, not their style. Um what, what did you think about um, Sunday's show, I guess, overall, before we get into specifics in terms of, you know, your own um, impressions and expectations, maybe, um, before we get to talk about the specific songs and all that?
1: Um, I thought that it was great. Um, I think my favorite show of the run actually was Friday night, um, just because I feel like um, in lieu of coming out and saying what they did, they kind of said it with the music. I feel like there was a huge uh, tension release. Um, They just kind of showed up and played their hearts out. Um, I I think um, Friday, there really was not a ton of wasted moments throughout the whole show. Um, Yeah, the encore was really nothing special. But uh, Harry Hood's my favorite fish song. And coming in the second spot, being possibly one of the better Hoods I've ever seen live, was Mm -hmm. like... You know a pre- pretty great start to the show after a solid free of what's the use um you know epic it was just it, i couldn't really have asked for more from from friday night um saturday also very solid um been chasing sally all summer so for it to finally show up right towards the end of the set and then lead into slave after a super funky 2001 that was mm-hmm. that was solid um chopped off twist piper uh Everything's Right, gin, um Down to Disease, I can't forget about that. And then Sunday, um, Soul Planet is still kind of growing on me as a song. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, I respect the jam. I think it's a pretty silly song otherwise. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I kind of knew that it was coming, so I let it happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And,
1: uh yeah. I guess probably Sunday may have been, uh, in terms of song selection, maybe my least favorite in the first set. Um, but there were still definite highlights. Um, and then the second set was pretty solid, uh, in, in my opinion. So, yeah.
0: Cool, and oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's good. Um, the, the Soul Planet, everyone, yeah, everyone knew that was coming, I think. Like you said, um, <laughs> there was a, um, you know, soul, there was a soul theme. You got it, and we, I guess we knew both the Set Your Soul Free and the Soul Planet were coming eventually. Um, the I think the Friday night show, like you said, is sort of everyone's standout, but um, it, it, many people have told me that it's the best show of the year by far. So, you know, that if you believe what you hear from fish vents maybe that's what that's what that's what it is but you know as you know it's all about whatever whatever you think so I'm curious about yeah. the sun, Sunday night the first set seemed like it was sort of like the the first sets Friday and Saturday had like each had one or two really cool big sort of you know moments um or in pieces of improv and and Sunday didn't really I guess Soul Planet probably was was the longest maybe um or Antelope at the end but it was just sort of a standard first set, but was the, did it feel pretty high energy and, and all that, or did it feel like it was like you were waiting for for something to happen that didn't? I'm just curious about your perspective on being there.
1: Yeah, um, I think uh, we kind of got a little spoiled. Actually, all summer I felt this way that many of the first sets were almost more akin to second sets than mm-hmm. they were to your average first sets of three Um and we got kind of spoiled in that sense. Um, so yeah, I think I'd say out of um the three nights this Sunday was the first steadiest first set of them. Um and yeah, I, I there weren't any real like the disease jam or, you know, hood, what's like basically the whole first set from Friday. Not none of that really on Sunday. Um there were some Cool segues the energy was definitely high um and actually a personal highlight of the whole run for me was uh the mellow mood bust out that was the first time i'd ever heard that song i'd kind of put it out of my mind that i'd ever hear it um which was a bummer because i love that song and i think it's so absolutely beautiful so um that that was a, a huge highlight for me um even though it's not that big of a deal for most people i don't think well um, i think it's
0: i think it's notable i mean the so it's it was this is only the tenth time it's been played. Um they started playing it in two thousand and played it a handful of times in two thousand and then two thousand three and then like twice in two thousand ten, twice in two thousand eleven, and it hasn't been played since Tahoe two thousand eleven. So, you know, I think that's a pretty big um bust out, like you said. And and probably yeah. probably was pretty cool for people who had been yeah, who had been either, you know, chasing it or paying attention to to that, right?
1: Right. Um, I thought maze was pretty solid. Um, miss you always cut deep. So I could have done it without that. Um, yeah. but I understand why people like that song, but, um, Antelope was really solid, um, set closer. I thought they, they built a lot of tension there. Um, it was really well played. Um, and then the second set, um, I know there's been a lot of, uh, complaining and yammering on about the, uh, Slowed down golden age, which is pretty confusing to me because when uh, church played slow llama, people were all about that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you take it down a little, a couple beats to a funkier uh, funkier pace, and people are all complaining. So,
0: yeah, well, whatever, people are gonna, so people are gonna we'll complain, find
1: anything to complain about. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, that was, I thought that I mean, the jam in there was really cool. Um, the the 46 days tweezer golden age steam all of it really was 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 really entertaining i thought um according yeah, to yeah f- i
1: thought the segues were awesome
0: also. yeah i was just gonna say according to the fish net set list at least there's no no breaks in the whole set everything was a segue, which is always cool and and seems to be have happened a lot this um this run There was a lot of yeah you know, a lot of not stopping i i was watching sunday night with a friend um who, who's not a fish fan on monday morning at his house and um he was like, do they ever like just stop for a second and like talk or, or do anything? <laughs> it's like sometimes they do, but sometimes they just like keep playing, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. And the, the tweezer was was really good too. Um, so yeah, not a lot to complain about in, in a second set, right? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of a lot of good mm-hmm. improv and a lot of segues and all that. I think people were unhappy with the Kada jabu placement, but I was, I was, if I had been there, I would have really liked that because I just think that's a fun song to groove to.
1: I did not see that, uh, complaints online, um, which is, I find to be absolutely ridiculous because I love that song and I'll take that at every show, wherever <laughs> they want to put it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess people will find anything to complain about.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but overall, I mean, in terms of the, uh, the overall run and then maybe your, what's your take on sort of how this summer, I mean, take the curveball thing out of it, but how do you think this summer sort of panned out? Um, did you, did you Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: um yeah, I thought the run was a great way to end the year. um I know some people were expecting like and you know fireworks and uh all crazy over the top stuff um from fish because of the curveball um cancellation um and because so many people had put all their eggs in one basket for curveball and maybe you know, hurried up and spent a lot of money and changed plans and to come to Dick's. But, you know, like I said before, um, you know, it's possible they're still kind of recovering from it too. And they're just humans like us. So uh, I I think that in terms of showing up uh, musically and and bringing everything they could to the table, I I really couldn't have asked for more. Um, I would have been very happy with just like if Friday night was, the big night of the run and the other two were just kind of mediocre. I would have still thought it was pretty worthwhile weekend, but I thought that both um, Saturday and Sunday brought um, highlights that I'll go back and listen to. Um, So um, yeah, I I was, I was pleased. And uh, I did actually get to do a lot of this tour. Um, We were an MPP um, where I celebrated my 150th on the second night, which I've, I thought it was one of the better shows of the run as well. We were at Camden, um, we were in Alpharetta, uh, we did the Gorge. So I saw a lot of fish this summer. Um and I think um that they definitely were just gaining steam throughout the throughout the year. Um I thought the Alpharetta run was uh one of the best of the summer. Um, probably Alpharetta one um, is up there with with my favorites um i like i said i really liked mpp too i know people are, are ranking that a little lower than
0: um, yeah no I, th- th- I thought it was i thought it was awesome that was a really fun really fun time
1: yeah fun fun song selection well played uh kind of just like silly fishness everywhere um, yeah but then yeah, yeah. dick Dick's night one i put up there with best shows of the of the summer so
0: Cool. I yeah. think, like I
1: said, you know, they didn't bring the big disco ball and put it in the middle of the field, but in terms of doing what they could do as a band, I think that they they brought what they could. They played well, and uh, you know, they they showed up.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I'm glad you got to see so many shows. It was a, uh, um, that's a lot of a lot of good shows. Um, yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. The um, the overall, it seems like going into. I mean the fact that we have a um you know, fall tour coming up in a in a month is is pretty sweet.
1: It is pretty sweet. Um I have a couple of uh shows planned for that as well. The Albany shows. The second one is my thirtieth birthday, which I'm really excited about. Um, we're going down to Hampton and we'll be in Vegas as well. So uh cool. you know, as as shitty as it is that um that curveball was cancelled, uh you know, it's not the end of the world. You know, people are comparing it to Coventry, <laughs> mm-hmm,
0: but it's kind of mm-hmm.
1: like, well, there's still a band. Like, no one is addicted to drugs and, and falling down a rabbit hole into a pit of possible death at the end of it. You know, like, it, it, right. it, 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 it sucks. Like, it sucks that everyone planned, everyone flew places, everyone spent all this money, and some people didn't get to see any fish this summer, but there, you know, it's it's not the end of the world. There is fall. There is hopefully going to be New Year's, and, you know, fingers crossed, I I would really, really love if they could uh, set the festival again for next year, because if they don't, it'll be five years between festivals, and that would be a bummer if they do it in 2020, Um, so I'm just going to keep my fingers crossed, try not to have expectations for it, but, uh, you know, I I feel for the folks that don't get to do as many shows um, as maybe... I or other people can and and have friends I haven't seen in a couple years because of family and and job commitments and living all over the country. So it's all just about seeing each other and and getting a chance to do do what we do. But um, one of the things that uh, we were lucky enough to kind of figure out was because we had a, a big group of RVs and and people coming from everywhere. So There was really no turning back for us. We were all there. The RVs were rented. The food was bought. You know, it was kind of like, well, we're here. Why not just spend the weekend together? So we ended up going to a campground in upstate New York and just spending the weekend together. And uh, we realized, like, even if Fish isn't playing, we still are going to have a good time together. We still can come together and have fun and enjoy each other's company. So uh, that was kind of a silver lining on all that. And it kind of made me and the rest of us realize that like once fish isn't around anymore like we'll still be able to do this
0: <laughs> right so right right
1: that was
0: that yeah that was pretty cool yeah um cool well thanks for for coming on and and sharing your perspective on on both you know sunday night but but also the run um the like you said about friday night i love hood's one of my favorites too and the coming second yeah. in the run that's a good that's a good way to to start so that's pretty cool um and, and you got yeah saw a bunch of good shows, so I'm glad you had fun, and thanks for coming on and uh, recapping it with us.
1: Thanks for having me, RJ.
0: All right, we'll talk to can't you soon. Can't wait I'll to see, listen. I'll see you in Hampton. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history, that's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe
1: this is happening.
0: Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts.
1: So triangulate your
0: speakers, think about jumping off the bed, singing along,
1: dancing like an idiot, and listen to Extra Grand Podcast.